I was in my 20s, young, and just starting out at work, making decent money, but no savings. That's typical when you are starting out. When I wanted to buy my own place, my first house, or my first home, I could well afford the mortgage payments, but did not have enough for the down payment. Fortunately for me, my dad took care of the down payment of the house for me. It was like, I don't know, 25, 30% of the purchase price, as I recall, you know, quite substantial. I remember how quickly he wired the money when he knew I needed help. Such is the love of a parent. I am forever so grateful. Now, our parents help us in countless ways. It doesn't have to be the down payment for your house. It's everything that we cannot afford that they paid for us, right? If you think about it, we live in the house they provide, eat the food they put on the table, etc., etc. Hello and welcome. The Setting Apart podcast is a pit stop where you can get nourished, encouraged, and refreshed whenever you need a break. I am your host, IP, and every episode I get to share my stories, my outlook, my reflections on all things inspired through the lens of faith. So grab yourself a coffee, sit back, relax, and chill. In chapter 8, Tobiah and Sarah pray for three days and three nights before consummating their marriage. There are two important takeaways for me. First, they are practicing the first commandment by worshiping and putting God first above all else. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Second, they are bringing the purity of hearts and minds into their relationship from the get-go, right from the start. Essentially, that's the second commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so today, what do we do the first thing when we get up? Brush your teeth, go to the toilet, make coffee, turn on the TV, watch the news, or perhaps onto a morning run. Whatever the case may be, why don't we try this instead? For the next 30 days, whenever we get up, the first thing we do, let us praise and give thanks to God in our prayer for giving us a restful night. Or if you had a rough night, at least be thankful that we got to live to see another day. Do not take that for granted. We still have the chance to repent and ask for His mercy and forgiveness. If you were dead, you have no more chances. Your time is up. Game over. So, for the next 30 days, the first thing we get up, let us praise and give thanks to God. Let us pray every day for the next 30 days. If you missed one day, start again from day one until you get to day 30. Let us prioritize and put God first in our daily life. 
If you have never done that before, this is a good time to start. Let us praise and give thanks to God in our morning prayer. We do that every day for the next 30 days. Like Tobit and Sarah, it's okay if you're not feeling 100%. Both Tobit and Sarah were virtuous in their own ways, yet they were in so much pain and misery at the same time. Bad things can happen to good people. They have both reached the point of despair. They want to die so that they can get away from the pain. They pray to God to let them die. That's a terrible situation to be in no matter what. And so today, do we walk away from God in our trials? No, no, no. Instead, we should trust Him more because of our troubles. And we see that in the way Tobit and Sarah prayed. They began their prayers by giving thanks and glory to God first before any of their petition. God heard their prayers indeed. Raphael made sure of that. But he doesn't grant them their petition. Instead, he sends them an archangel to heal them both. And so if you know someone who may be in times of their trials and tribulation, you know, feel free to share the book of Tobit with them. Give them hope. God is omnipotent and omnipresent. And nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, especially when we are undergoing our trials and tribulation. We see that in Romans chapter 8. Absolutely nothing. And the book of Tobit is a good reminder of that, as it is written in Scripture that God has never, never broken His promise to His covenant people, despite our brokenness and unworthiness, because we are the ones who are unfaithful time and time again. That should give us hope, a hope that does not disappoint. And for that, we should always be thankful and grateful. And that's why we must praise and give thanks to God every day. Equally illuminating is the fact that what pleases God is not our lip service or burnt offerings. God is God. He doesn't need any of that from us. What pleases God is our love for Him through our actions. In Tobit chapter 4, verse 21, Tobit has this to say to his son. You will have great wealth if you fear God, avoid all sin, and do what is good before the Lord your God. And that's what we find so far in the book of Tobit. There are many examples of hospitality and charity in giving alms, clothing the naked, burying the dead, um, despite going against the decree issued by the ruler of Nineveh. There are many examples of obedience of faith as well in Tobit's pilgrimage from Nineveh to Jerusalem, in refusing to worship the golden calves built geographically closer to him. As I 
estimated in episode 2, Fidelity to God, Jerusalem was a good 500 to 600 miles away from Nineveh, a long way to travel using the transportation mode of old. We also find obedience in Tobiah and Sarah, and then we have Raguel and Gabriel, who are both men of virtues. Indeed, it is our virtuous acts that please God and lead us closer back to Him. Don't take my word for it. Here's what St. Augustine has to say, and I quote, See, my dearest, how great the merit of almsdeed is. He earned the privilege of having an angel as a laborer. You see how beneficial it is to bury the dead. It made his offering ascend to the heavenly majesty through the angel Raphael. Unquote. Chapter 8 is a pivotal chapter in the book of Tobit, in which we find Tobiah to be very receptive to Raphael's suggestion and instructions. On the way to Rogers, at the suggestion of the angel, they visited Raguel and stayed with him at Media. Raphael suggested that Sarah was set apart from Tobiah before the world existed. And after receiving instructions on exercising the demon from Sarah, Tobiah pursued the marriage to Sarah, despite the seven kinsmen before him were killed by the demon. If you recall, Tobiah was afraid that he might suffer the same fate initially, but eventually he heeded Raphael's suggestion. Then, following Raphael's instructions, he expelled the demon away from Sarah. It fled and was bounded by Raphael far away in the desert. This is huge. This is probably the first I've read in the Old Testament that man has defeated a demon, albeit with the help of an archangel. First, this foreshadows the victory of Jesus over Satan. And second, Tobiah, in overcoming the evil one with the help of an angel sent by God, is exemplary for mankind. He could not have done it by himself, but with divine help, anything is possible through the obedience of faith. In chapter 9 of this episode, we shall see that Tobiah's faith in Raphael has deepened into trust. We also get to unpack some of the richness in signs and symbols in the book of Tobit. Some of the questions we'll be looking at would be the following. 1. What does the marriage of Tobiah and Sarah symbolize? 2. What does the money in chapter 9 symbolize? 3. What is the significance of the seal on the money bags in verse 5 of chapter 9? Hang on to your seats. We shall unpack these and more in this episode. The Bible I'm reading from is the New American Bible or the NAB online version taken from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops or the USCCB website. For the Book of Tobit, I also refer to the online version of the Dewey Reams Bible 
which is a translation for the Latin Vulgate, whereas the NAB is translated from the Septuagint or the Greek version. As always, the show note can be found on the website. The URL is www.settingapart.com and setting apart is one word. All resources used, for example, scripture verses, reflection questions, YouTube links, where subtitles of every episode this season is uploaded. All these for the podcast and more can be found in the show notes. I invite you to read along Tobit chapter 9 with me. If you do not have a Bible handy, feel free to check out the Setting Apart channel on YouTube where you can find the subtitles for all the episodes in this season there. Again, the YouTube links can be found in the show notes on the Setting Apart website. Now, let us quiet down our hearts for the opening prayer as we prepare to read and listen to the Word of God. Let us pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, all thanks and glory is to you. We thank you for gathering us in your name to listen attentively to you with our hearts. As it is written, as your word unfolds, it gives light, even the simple understand. We pray that the Holy Spirit in our midst could guide us in opening our ears and our heart to be enlightened by your word. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Tobit Chapter 9 Then Tobiah called Raphael and said to him, Brother Azariah, take along with you from here four servants and two camels and travel to Rogers. Go to Gabriel's house and give him his bond. Get the money, then bring him along with you to the wedding celebration. For you know that my father will be counting the days if I should delay even by a single day, I would cause him intense grief. You have witnessed the oath that Raguel has sworn. I cannot violate his oath. So Raphael, together with the four servants and two camels, traveled to Rogers in Media, where they stayed at Gabriel's house. Raphael gave Gabel his bond and told him about Tobit's son, Tobiah, that he had married and was inviting him to the wedding celebration. Gabel got up and counted out for him the money bags with their seals, and they packed them on the camels. The following morning, they both got an early start and traveled to the wedding celebration. When they entered Raguel's house, they found Tobiah reclining at table. He jumped up and greeted Gabriel, who wept and blessed him, exclaiming, Good and noble child, son of a good and noble, righteous and charitable man, may the Lord bestow a heavenly blessing on you and on your wife, and on your wife's father and mother. 
Blessed be God, because I have seen the very image of my cousin, Tobit. This is the shortest chapter in the book of Tobit, and it's all about money. <laughs> if only every chapter is this short. But seriously, this is by far one of the easiest reads in the Old Testament I've done. Although short, chapter 9 is packed with very rich symbolism. I shall highlight a few that really jumps out at me. One, as highlighted at the top of the episode, St. Augustine has pointed out that the reward of charitable deeds is to have an angel not only ascending your prayer offering directly to God, but also descending God's message directly to you. What a gift. I don't know about you. I definitely would like to be in his shoes if I were you. Second, at this juncture, it is probably a good idea to connect the reading through the allegorical lens of St. Bede, which we have discussed in Episode 7, Marriage, Soulmate, and Spirituality. As you recall, the allegorical senses of Scripture let us acquire a more profound understanding of not only the text of Scripture, but also the realities and events about which it speaks by recognizing their significance in Christ. Therefore, the crossing of the Red Sea is a sign or a type of Christ's victory and also of Christian baptism. We saw that in paragraph 117 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It is this spiritual understanding that adds all its richness to the living reading of Scripture in the Church. That was from paragraph 115 of the CCC. So, to those who may be readers or lectors in liturgical services, try to make the Scripture come alive by picking up on the allegorical senses. The first question we want to unpack is, what does the marriage of Tobiah and Sarah symbolize? According to St. Bede, the book of Tobit is understood best as an allegory of the mysteries of Christ and the Church. In that backdrop, Sarah signifies figuratively, and I quote, the company of nations, all whose teachers knew so much about life in this world, yet knew nothing to say about life eternal, unquote. In other words, Sarah signifies the Gentiles. And I continue quoting St. Bede. For this reason, the devil held them all hostage insomuch as they were sold into idolatry, until our Lord, the true bridegroom, came. The Lord joined this company to himself by his faithfulness until the enemy had been overcome. Just as Tobiah took Sarah as his bride by the teaching and assistance of the archangel after the demon had been bound, the angel fittingly signifies our Savior's divinity, Tobiah, his humanity. Unquote. Wow, that is just beautiful. Let's unpack that. If Sarah signifies 
the company of Gentile nations who knew nothing about the salvation of Christ, they are held under the hostage of the devil. That's why the seven husbands of Sarah were all killed, because they shut out God from themselves and from their mind, and to give themselves to their lust, as the horse and mule, which have not understanding over them the devil have power. And we saw that from chapter 6, verse 17 of Tobit from the Dewey Reams Bible. Now, this is just as relevant to us today because as Pope Francis shared in one of his sermons, and I quote, if we do not worship God, we end up worshiping ourselves." unquote. On our own, we are definitely no match to the devil. Just as St. Paul writes, and I quote, She who is self-indulgent is dead, even while she lives. We saw that in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 6. And since Tobiah symbolizes the humanity of Christ and the angel, our Savior's divinity, the marriage of Tobiah and Sarah signifies our Lord, the true bridegroom joining the Gentile nations to himself. Most Christians are familiar with St. Paul's teaching that Christ is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. Paul sees Christian marriage as taking on a new meaning, symbolic of the intimate relationship of love between Christ and the church. In Ephesians 5, verse 23, Paul writes, For the husband is head of his wife, just as Christ is head of the church, he himself the savior of the body. Unquote. So the marriage of Tobiah and Sarah is the extension of the intimate relation of love between Christ and the church. Second, what does the money in chapter 9 symbolize? According to St. Bede, and I quote, In the same way that Christ first comes to save the Gentiles, and then at the last to save the Jews, so too do Tobiah and Raphael go first to exorcise the demons from Sarah, who represents the Gentiles, and then to restore sight to Tobit, who represents the Jews. Unquote. Moreover, Bede, and I quote, expresses the kinship between Jews and Gentiles in salvation history in the peculiar way that he allegorizes the relation between Tobit and Gabriel, to whom Tobit loaned some money and from whom he now seeks the money back. Unquote. Let me pause here. The recovery of the money is the main theme in chapter 9. The verse I'm looking at is verse 5 of chapter 9. Let me read it out for you. Raphael gave Gabriel his bond and told him about Tobit's son, Tobiah, that he had married and was inviting him to the wedding celebration. Gabriel got up and counted out for him the money bags with their seals, and they packed them on the camels. Unquote. And I continue with St. Bede, and I quote, Bede understands the money that Tobit loans to Gabriel 
as an allegory of scripture in its literal aspect. It was the literal sense of scripture which the Jews loaned as it were to the Gentiles when the Hebrew Bible was made available to Gentiles in the Greek translation now known as the Septuagint, unquote. By contrast, Bede understands the money, which is the principal plus interest, that Gabriel pays back to Tobit as the spiritual understanding of Scripture which Christ has made possible. It is this spiritual understanding of Scripture that will be returned to the Jews by the Gentiles when the Jews at last are gathered into Christ's church at the end of the age, unquote. Now, connecting the dots with the modern-day analogy of a bond, the principle of the bond can be likened to the word of God that was loaned to Gabriel and the coupon or interest of the bond, the spiritual understanding that is being repaid or returned from Gabriel to Tobit. Wow, how cool is that? This is so good. What a gift. I hope that helps. Next, what is the significance of the seal on the money bags in verse 5 of Tobit chapter 9? To appreciate the meaning of the seal, it might be helpful to look at both the scripture and the ancient Jewish custom. In Genesis 17 verses 9 to 10, God made a perpetual covenant with Abraham and his descendants. The mark of the seal of the covenant was, wait for it, circumcision. Every male, as soon as eight days old, must be circumcised. That was from Genesis chapter 17, verse 12. It was the mark of the covenant between God and his covenant people. In ancient Israel and Judah, a seal was used for identification and signature. The sender would place his own mark on the seal, and no one else would use the same mark. Just as today, seals are affixed in legally binding documents, authenticating the identity of the parties entering into the contracts or agreements. As noted, the money which is the principle plus interest in verse 5, is the spiritual understanding of Scripture that is getting returned to the Jews, represented by Tobit, by the Gentiles, represented by Gabael. In this sense, the seal marks the authentication of the Word of God in its fullness of truth and in its origin belonging to Christ the King carefully preserved by the Gentiles, to be returned to the Jews at last. Now, on another level, the seal points to something else more profound to me. In ancient Jewish custom, something sealed by a king is marked as belonging to him, and it comes with a guarantee of protection. In Scripture, we see that those whom God has given his mark or seal, they are to be saved and protected. For example, in Exodus chapter 11 to 13, 
During the first Passover in ancient Egypt, the angel of death passed over the Israelites' home marked by the blood of the sacrificial lamb, thus sparing the life of their firstborns from the devastating plague which took the firstborns of all the Egyptian households, including the firstborns of their animals. In Ezekiel 9, the prophet Ezekiel uses a similar term where the Lord says that in the impending doom on Jerusalem, he will save the righteous who were given his mark on the forehead. And later on, we see similar imagery in Revelation, where the people of God are given the seal on their foreheads in order to be saved on Judgment Day. We see that in Revelation chapter 6 to 7. So, from these passages in Scripture, we see the guarantee of protection that comes with the seal from God. And according to St. Paul, God's seal means the gift of the Holy Spirit. This seal, which we received in our baptism, really jumps out at me. Let me unpack that. As it is written in Ephesians 1, verses 13 to 14, and I quote, In Him you also, who have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in Him, was sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, which is the first installment of our inheritance toward redemption as God's possession, to the praise of His glory. Unquote. So according to Paul, the Holy Spirit is sealed by God in our baptism as the installment or down payment by God on our full salvation. This down payment really resonates with me. I was in my 20s, young, and just starting out at work, making decent money but no savings. That's typical when you are starting out. When I wanted to buy my own place, my first house, or my first home, I could well afford the mortgage payments, but did not have enough for the down payment. Fortunately for me, my dad took care of the down payment of the house for me. It was like, I don't know, 25, 30% of the purchase price, as I recall, you know, quite substantial. I remember how quickly he wired the money when he knew I needed help. Such is the love of a parent. I am forever so grateful. Now, our parents help us in countless ways. It doesn't have to be the down payment for your house. It's everything that we cannot afford that they paid for us, right? If you think about it, we live in the house they provide, eat the food they put on the table, etc., etc. And to realize that the Holy Spirit is the pledge that God has made for my full salvation, I am so unworthy yet so blessed. Praise the Lord. Looking at paragraph 1272 of the CCC, and I quote, Incorporated into Christ by baptism, the person baptized is configured to Christ. Baptism seals the Christian with the indelible spiritual mark 
of his belonging to Christ, unquote. Now, indelible is the lasting, permanent, and cannot be removed. Incorporated into Christ by baptism, that is, in our baptism, we are joined to Christ in his mystical body, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become adopted children of God the Father. I covered um, this topic of baptism in season one, so I can recall the CCC paragraphs quite well. And that's why I made the connection when I read chapter 8, verses 4 to 5. Let me read that out for you. Because for these three nights, we are joined to God. For we are children of saints, and we must not join together like heathens that know not God. That is pretty cool, right? Now, when we are baptized, just as Jesus died for our sin, we are dead to our sin. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus was resurrected on the third day, we rise with him in our new creation, in our new identity as co-heirs and as adopted children of God. If you didn't catch that in Season 1, or if you wish to have a refresher, feel free to check out Season 1, Episode 3, The Gift of Baptism in Holiness. So, when we are baptized in the modern Christian era, we are now marked or sealed by the Holy Spirit instead of the Abrahamic covenant seal by circumcision. Thank God for that. We see that in CCC 1274. And I quote, The Holy Spirit has marked us with the seal of the Lord for the day of redemption. Baptism, indeed, is the seal of eternal life. The faithful Christian who has kept the seal until the end, remaining faithful to the demands of his baptism, will be able to depart this life marked with the sign of faith, with his baptismal faith in expectation of the blessed vision of God, the consummation of faith, and in the hope of resurrection. We see that from CCC, paragraph 1274. The Holy Spirit is the seal of the new covenant between Jesus Christ and his new covenant people. The pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's possession. To the praise of his glory. Wow, what a gift. What a gift. Wow. Finally, my third takeaway I want to say a few words about the trust Tobiah has in Raphael. How is it that Tobiah can trust Raphael, whom he only met recently, to retrieve something as valuable as his father's money from Gabriel? We can trace the development of this trust in the last few chapters. Now, starting in chapter 6, the angel helps Tobiah catch a big fish with healing properties which can be used to defeat an evil spirit that haunts Sarah and to cure Tobiah's blind father, Tobit. 
Now, this tale explains why the Archangel Raphael is the patron of healing, travelers, and support. Raphael turns what began as a threatening situation into a salvific mission for both Sarah and Tobit. The mission is successful when Tobiah listens and follows the angel's guidance and instructions. Raphael is the one who makes Tobiah and Sarah meet and joins them in marriage. He's the one who faces Asmodeus and bound the demon up in the desert. Because Tobiah grew up following the virtuous ways of his father Tobit, he's very receptive to the guidance and instruction of the angel. And when events unfold exactly how the angel has foretold them, the trust in the angel is naturally deepened. Tobias' faith in Raphael increased, which gives him hope. And the hope, in turn, gives him the peace to commission Raphael to retrieve the money on his behalf. And so today, are we heeding the voice of our guardian angel? Are we cooperating with the prompting of the Holy Spirit? Can we recognize their voices and promptings in the first place? Something for all of us to reflect on. In summary, here are my three key takeaways for this episode. 1. When a going gets tough, keep the faith and cling on to Christ. We need Him more than ever in our times of trouble. Quoting St. Augustine on Tobit, See, my dearest, how great the merit of almsdeed is. He earned the privilege of having an angel as a laborer. You see how beneficial it is to bury the dead? It made his offering ascent to the heavenly majesty through the angel Raphael. Keep the faith. Second, we unpacked three allegorical senses in chapter 9. A. What does the marriage of Tobiah and Sarah symbolize? Since Sarah symbolizes the Gentiles and Tobiah symbolizes the humanity of Christ, and since Paul teaches that Christ is the true bridegroom and the church is the bride, therefore, the marriage of Tobiah and Sarah is the extension of the intimate relation of love between Christ and the church. B. What does the money in chapter 9 symbolize? In finance, the value of a bond is the sum of the principal and its interest. So when looking through the allegorical lens of bead, the money, or the principal of the bond, loaned to Gabriel was the word of God. And the money, or the principal plus interest, returned to Tobit was the spiritual understanding of Scripture made possible by Christ. I added the finance perspective to St. Bede's. I hope that makes sense. C. What is the significance of the seal on the money bags in chapter 9, verse 5? In ancient Israel and Judah, 
a seal was used for identification and signature. In this sense, it marks the authentication of the money or the Word of God in its fullness of truth and in its origin belonging to Christ the King, carefully preserved by the Gentiles to be returned to the Jews at last. In Scripture, the seal made by God offers a guarantee of protection to His covenant people in salvation history. In this sense, according to St. Paul, the Holy Spirit is the seal of the new covenant between Jesus Christ and His new covenant people, the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's possession to the praise of His glory. We got that from Ephesians 1, verse 14. Now, for my final and third takeaway for this chapter, how is it that Tobiah can trust Raphael, whom he only met recently, to retrieve something as valuable as his father's money from Gabriel? Now, the dynamics between Tobiah and Raphael is a fascinating one to me. Raphael is the divine help sent by God. All his good works are only possible with the cooperation of Tobiah. Men with hardened hearts cannot see God. The two disciples of Christ on the road to Emmaus is a good example and reminder. But Tobiah is prayerful. He grew up in the virtuous ways of his father, Tobit, and participated in his charitable deeds. As such, he is very receptive to the promptings of the archangel. In addition, since Raphael represents truth, it is natural that Tobias' faith is deepened by his personal encounters with Raphael. And there you have it. To be sealed by God for His care and protection is simply impossible to understand, unfathomable. What did we do to deserve His grace? I mean, we have every reason to thank and praise the love and care He has shown us. Join me to say a prayer of praise and thanks to the Lord our God the first thing when we get up. Let's do that together every day for the next 30 days. In closing, let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, dear Lord, all thanks and glory is to you. We are broken and unworthy of your love, which you give freely and patiently. In baptism, in our broken state, you sealed us with the gift of the Holy Spirit to help us to get to know you better, to protect us through this life, to teach us your word, and to help us pray on every possible occasion. Please continue to guide us so that our hearts can never be hardened. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Setting Apart podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and get notified 
so you won't miss any episode. And please feel free to give me your ratings and reviews so that others may get to listen as well. Thank you and God bless.